Good morning, everybody. That was my special Mother's Day dance move. Happy Mother's Day. Um, we're glad you're here. Moms are not, and dads. We're glad you're here. So, anyway, I made that awkward enough. Let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to read our lectionary passage this morning. It's from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. So Jesus, as we step in to worship this morning, we just thank you for your presence that always leads us to peace. We thank you that in the darkest valley, you are with us. We pray this morning that you would make us aware of your presence in this space. You're already here. You're already moving. God, would you open our eyes? Would you tear down any walls in our hearts that we might have walked in with? Would you allow us to receive the love that you have for us today? All of this is for you, Jesus. We ask in your name. Amen. We're going to move into prayers of the people this morning. And as we do so, we're going to pray for the mothers this morning. So for all of those who aspire to be a mom, be it near or far, bless them with joy and patience in the waiting, Lord. We bless their bodies with continued strength and health and renewal. We bless their minds with peace and comfort. Be near to them. Remind them, Father, that you know them and you see their longings. Attend to them. Father, for those who are expecting, bless their bodies as they prepare for birth. Bless the tiny ones in their womb to be safe and grow and develop well. Bless their minds with peace and patience as they wait for the day of arrival. Bless them with wisdom throughout their pregnancy. For all the new moms, bless them with great joy and let the doubt and the nervousness fade. Remind them that they are enough and they are equipped for this. Bless their tired bodies with renewed strength and energy. Bless them with others to encourage and impart wisdom. Bless them with grace for themselves their little ones, and others around them. Father, for all the grieving mothers, we bless them with strength and comfort that only you can give. We bless them with encouragement, and we bless them with hope. May it pour out over them. Bless them to know that you see them and you are always with them. You never leave them. 
Bless them to know that you hold them and love them dearly. For all the moms with bigger kids, bless them in the day-to-day, in the going in and the coming out and the hurriedness. Remind them that they are still enough. Bless them to know that you have each child in your care and let them just rest and the knowledge and the peace of that, that you have good plans for every single one of their kids. Bless them with the wisdom of when to hold on and when to let go. Bless them with delight in each one of their children, that they would see in them those special things and call them forth, that they would know how to encourage and draw their children closer to you. Bless them with a deep, life-giving relationship with each and every child. And for the single moms and the moms who are struggling, be their help, be their aid, Lord. Be their guidance and be their provider and be their sustainer. We thank you for all the different types of moms and for the way that you've called us each uniquely into that. We pray that you would show us the best way to be a mom, whether it's mothering to our own children or to those who may be discipling under us. Let us carry your wisdom and your love and your grace and let us foster that and grow it. In Jesus' name, amen. But this is a big announcement. We have formed a team of people we're calling the CKMAC. And it's basically, it represents City Kids' Most Awesome Committee. And I would like, if you're on that committee, if you would come up to the front right now. If you'll recognize the awesomeness as they move their way up. There's another member that's actually serving in kids right now. Two members serving, yes, Caroline and Jonathan. So that's awesome. We have a representative from this team. Ms. Allison is going to share some things with you. So we are really excited to be um, very intentional as a team and as a body in finding our next uh, City Kids director. As you've heard everybody on here, upstate, up on stage talk about a lot, we care about our kids and we want them to be as cared for and as discipled and as poured into as every other age group here in the church. And so we want to be um, intentional and prayerful about going about finding this person. So on the screen you can see um, a few blurbs about what we're looking for. So, of course, uh, exemplifies a strong walk with God, um, connects with family. So we want someone that will be able to communicate really well and invite the body in, whether it's through volunteers or other opportunities to connect with what the kids are learning and and just pouring into them. Um, Has at least two years of experience in a lead role in children's ministry or a degree in a corresponding area. So potentially a new grad that has a kid's focused um, degree could could work. Um, and then creating a welcoming, energetic, and caring environment for everybody involved. And then um, really strong leadership skills, um, 
we're doing some rebuilding coming out of the pandemic and also just as more families come to our church. So we want someone who feels confident to build out a structure that will just serve our church well long-term. So um, if you know someone or if that someone is you, we, we would love to hear from you. So um, in the next couple of days, we're gonna have all of the information, so like the job description and the application available right on our website. Um, so that'll be posted sometime this week. Um, if you wanna get information like today, this afternoon, then you can email josh at rivercitysmyrna.com and go ahead and get the info um, or wait a couple of days and it'll all be there um, online. So I'm gonna pray um, to that mission and yeah. Um, so dear Father, um, I know you care about the children in our church so much, and I pray that you would give us hearts to care so much about them as well um, as a whole body. I pray that you are stirring in someone's hearts, and maybe a team's heart, um, to fill this role, and that you would give us all wisdom as we continue this search, and that it would go quickly, and you'd give us a lot of discernment to know um, who the right fit is. And we pray Jesus. Amen. And then the last thing we're going to do is we're going to have you guys just kind of reach your hands towards this group of people, and we're going to pray for this team as we, over the next month, help make decisions. We will be the people meeting with people that are interested, and it'll be great. And so, hands towards, and Jesus, we ask your complete wisdom to guide this team. I thank you so much for Jonathan, Caroline, Allison, for Angie, for Shannon, for Nancy, and for Sarah and myself, and I pray that we would just have a unity as we move forward. In your name we pray, amen. Today, we're gonna have uh, Kara share a little bit on prayer. We've been in a series, kind of continually a focus of the praying life, but also just the idea of prayer as a community, which has surfaced in ETS and also on Sundays. And we've seen tangible fruit through a Tuesday morning prayer time we do every week, you're invited, 7 a.m. And then a Sunday morning prayer time at nine, you're invited, 9 a.m. Just a beautiful time this year. And today, Kara gets to come up and share some on that. So thank you so much, Kara. Good morning. Um, we, Josh, Josh and I were texting about like preaching calendar stuff back in February. Uh, neither of us realized when we talked about this date that it was Mother's Day. So <laughs> I realized about two weeks ago, I was like, oh, May 8th is Mother's Day. All right, have Mother's Day. Um, so if you um, will pray with me before we begin, that'd be great. Jesus, I thank you that you um, are in this space and that that alone is worthy of us pausing and giving adoration and gratitude that you are here with us this morning. And I pray um, for the next few minutes, God, that you um, have full permission to speak through me however you choose to do that. I offer up my own words and I pray that they would fall upon deaf ears and that the only thing heard is your voice and your voice alone. I thank you that you are with us, that you've come before us into this space. And we just offer this time up to you. We offer our hearts, our minds, our ears, our eyes to you. May your kingdom come and your will be done this morning. Amen. 
Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about um, prayer, continuing on with that. Um, so I want to go back a little bit on to Lent, which we walked out of that season. If you're following the Christian calendar, this is the fourth Sunday of Easter tide. But so we were in Lent. We didn't leave it that long ago, and um, Lent is something that uh, some churches focus on more than others. But I have found that we don't always refer back to Lent in terms of what did God do or reveal about Himself in the Lent, the Lent season. Um, and I'm fairly new to practicing Lent. I did not grow up practicing Lent. Um, and so this has been a growing concept for me and practicing. And so I'm actually going to start in what God showed me in Lent and tie it to where we are in a praying life. And, um, and so for Lent, I, I gave up um, podcasts. Thank you. <laughs> uh, now, if you're unfamiliar with, with Lent or why we even fast in Lent, um, part of the idea of Lent and giving something up is so that essentially we're trying to quiet the noise that we would be drawn to and aware of our own brokenness and need for Jesus and that we would be denying ourselves to make ourselves available to more clearly see and hear and be aware of our brokenness and our need for Jesus. For me, in this season, what, what drew me to that place, maybe quicker than anything else I've done <laughs> in practicing, was giving up podcasts. Um, and that... To context, last, maybe two years ago, in 2020, Jonathan and I gave up all streaming services and social media. For me, podcasts were harder. I'm just trying to help frame for you what this ask from Jesus for me was. <laughs> I probably would have rather have given up several meals, several days in a row a week. <laughs> um, I love podcasts. Podcasts for me um, are a tool for um, spiritual growth, they are um, a noise filler. This is not a message on silence and solitude, although there's certainly an avenue for that. Um, it's also an escape. I found that podcasts were accessible to me when I um, would be home alone and I was stressed or frustrated with my kids or I just wanted another adult or to like listen to adult conversations. I was like, well, I don't want them watching anything, but I can put it, I can listen to something and maybe they won't absorb that as much as like if I put on a show. So this is better. And so I gave up podcasts and... Um, I was shocked at how hard it became very quickly for me. I would be doing dishes, and I was uncomfortable with the fact that I wasn't listening to something. I um, often am a weirdo. I work out to podcasts. Not listening to a podcast during working out, I was like, man, man this is not as much fun. Um, and I listen to different kinds of podcasts. Like I said, I listen to spiritual growth podcasts, not so much like a mindset person, personally speaking, to each their own, however you choose to utilize podcasts. Um, either lighthearted entertainment or spiritual growth, two most dominant um, ways that I'm like, how I'm using podcasts. And um, 
I would say about two weeks in, I had a revelation from, I would say from God, and I don't use that lightly, that what I began to realize was that although I, um, the podcasts I was listening to were not bad nor wrong, I realized that they became subconsciously, unintentionally, the facilitator of my relationship with God. Because I was taking in so much spiritual content and teaching from this other person, and this other person was talking about what God was revealing to them, that I was bringing that to God in my prayer time, and I, in silence, became aware that I didn't actually know exactly what was going on in my own heart, because I was letting this third party navigate my conversation with God. And I was pretty uncomfortable with that idea, that there had been almost like a facilitator that I wasn't even aware of was there. And I realized a couple of things about that. It meant, one, I may or may not know what's going on in my own heart, and I may or may not be bringing that to God. And two, Maybe God was wanting to show me other things, but I was more focused on bringing to them what another pastor or another leader or another person of faith was talking about. And I want to make it really clear, those people are not bad people at all. They are, I still highly respect them. I still highly value them. God is doing wonderful things with a lot of different people all around the world. It had nothing to do with them. It was me and not realizing that I was allowing that to carry over into my relationship with God and sometimes be even the driver in my relationship with God. And so I kind of sat with that for a little bit about what did that do and what what would it mean with all of a sudden I'm not having new content filling my brain and I'm not having new input of different truths and so how what does that mean for my relationship with God now and um like I said I, I wasn't super comfortable with that idea and I thought back to good old Sarah Turner and her drawing from however many years ago talking about the good kingdom the good life of the kingdom. And she was the first person who used the language for me of we're always being formed. At all times, we're being formed by something. And even though I was being formed by positive things that were true and good, for me personally, I was convicted because I realized that I wasn't even paying attention to how the things I was listening to were forming me. And I had stopped maybe asking God, what is it that he wanted to say to me, for me? But it was rather, what are you telling John Mark Comer that's really good that I should just bring before him? And I very much respect Comer. Um, It had nothing to do with him, but it was my own, it was a silencing of my own voice in my prayer time. And so that brought me to John chapter 10. which will be up on the screen in just a moment. There it is. <laughs> um, I had it right in front of me, so I could have just read it if I needed to. So we're going to read in chapter, uh, John chapter 10 for a little bit, talking about the good shepherd. 
If you have your Bibles, you can open up, or your phone, you can open up the app or read on the screen, or listen, however you would like to take in Scripture. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out of, and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I could keep going. Jesus spins quite literally. He references it, he references it again, even in the second part of um, chapter 10 again. So he spends almost an entire chapter wanting to make sure that there was an understanding that he was the good shepherd. And part of him and talking about him being the good shepherd and us being the sheep is that there is a really hitting home that the sheep know their shepherd's voice. More they know it differently, and they listen to it above all other voices. So, you want to play that video for me? I hope this translates well. I'm not person, a video person usually when I'm preaching. I've actually never done this before, nor shared a picture. So this is like, I'm just seeing from Jonathan Godby, I guess. You opened the door for us. <laughs> but... In just a second, we're going to watch a video, and it's kind of cheesy. And I get that it's cheesy, but I, I want us to go there. Because we're being called sheep lots of times, and throughout Scripture, we get called sheep a lot. And he's calling himself the good shepherd, and he's telling, he's telling them, hey, I'm the shepherd, and my sheep know my voice. So we are going to watch that happen in real life. <laughs> One more time.
goodness! <laughs> this scared them! Yeah, you just made him go away. Was that cool or what? There is another one. I obviously started to really watch a lot of different videos about this. <laughs> and um, there is another one where um, there was a shepherd, different country. There's a shepherd. He's with his sheep. Somebody else is trying to essentially mimic or imitate the shepherd to get the sheep to come. And um, they're not responding. The sheep, the, the sheep calls them the sheep the sh from the shepherd. They come to the shepherd. And so he's like got food in his hand and he hands the food to the other, to the girl trying to call them. And she tries calling them again. And the sheep gets really close to her, like this close and really wants the food and takes off and just will not take it. And she's like, he won't even take the food, like this like treat that's in my hand. And he was like, you're not the shepherd. They're, it's gonna run from you. And so if we go back to what I was just talking about with Lent and how that correlates with this idea of sheep knowing God's voice, I had stopped listening, taking in information through the lens of the voice of my good shepherd. I hadn't even paid attention to the fact or thought to think, is what I'm listening to the voice of the good shepherd or is it somebody else talking about their time and what their good shepherd revealed to them? I just like picked it up and translated it and just plopped it into my relationship with God. I was like, surely this is what he wants to talk to me about. Maybe it was, but I didn't even think to ask. There are so many voices in culture that are going to pull at us, that are going to sound appealing and good. And if we do not know the voice of our good shepherd, there's a chance we're gonna get lost. When I was researching about sheep, they're not super smart animals. Like, they're not responding just to their shepherd because they're so smart. That's almost like a saving grace because they're such dumb animals. It's really good that they know their shepherd's voice <laughs> or else they're gonna get lost. When it tells us in, in Psalm 23 that Jesus, that our shepherd leads us by still waters, that is literal. They need their shepherd to lead them to to still waters or they're going to get lost. They're gonna go hungry. They're just, they're not smart. And honestly, I get why Jesus calls me a sheep. Like I can, I'm pretty forgetful. I can get lost too. Clearly, if I'm not following the voice of my shepherd, I'm gonna be who knows where and it's not gonna go well. And so when we're talking about a praying life, Jesus is showing us what he desires to cultivate in each and every single one of us through prayer. And that is that we would be keenly aware of our good shepherd and his voice and his alone, that it would sound different and be different than any other information that we are consuming, whether it be a podcast or social media or pastor or friend, that our ear is so inclined to the good shepherd that we can notice the difference, but we have to be listening for it. We have to spend enough time in prayer and give enough space for us to learn the voice of our shepherd. That isn't necessarily just in us, unfortunately. That would be wonderful. But it takes time. 
And if I, for me, I got convicted that I might have been supplementing my time with the shepherd with somebody else who spent time with the shepherd, and I started to blur the lines of who my shepherd was actually leading me. But there is no, there is no replacement for our shepherd. There is no pastor, there is no friend, there is no confidant, there is no government figure that will replace or be, as, be the truth as our shepherd. And that is why it matters when he tells us that he will walk with us and lead us through the valley of death and that he will be with us. It matters because that shepherd is the one shepherd who can actually lead us through it. He is it. There are great people who are broken and they want to sound and be like Jesus, which is my heart's desire. I want to look as much like Jesus as possible for the rest of my life. And I hope I look more like him when I'm 70 than I do right now. But my voice at no point, no matter what my role is in any church, should ever replace listening for the shepherd. My whole heart is that I would be pointing and encouraging you to go to the shepherd. And so when we think about, it talks about the thieves and the robbers and the bandits in this passage, I think we overtly can go to the extreme of that, which is there, like I get it. But I think the enemy is much more subtle and just, it's like, just, we're just like two inches away from the truth. We're like, we sound almost like the shepherd, but we're a little bit different. I can say the same things of the shepherd, but it's a different tone because they're not the shepherd. Those people calling for the sheep, I don't know who they were. I think they're tourists. I have no idea. Those people could have said the exact same syllables that come from the shepherd's mouth and they would, the sheep would not have responded because they, didn't, they were not the shepherd. And that's how Jesus wants us to be with him. It does not mean, it's not like I've abandoned podcasts forever. It's back on my phone. I didn't even make it all of the Lent season. Oh my, full transparency. I did not even make it. I'm still broken and flawed, okay? <laughs> However, I will say, I am way more discerning about what I'm listening to. I want to make sure that when I am consuming information, especially information that is talking about Jesus, my shepherd, I'm even more critical now as opposed to when I'm, thinking, when I'm listening to something dumb and entertaining or whatever. I can more easily spot that, but I want to be so careful when I'm listening to somebody and I want to make sure that they are pointing me back to the shepherd and not themselves and not somebody else. And I am a sheep. I am not always smart enough to identify when they are pointing me to something else or pointing me to Jesus because it can look so similar or sound so similar, but I don't want so similar. I just want the voice of Jesus. 
And so Jesus, in prayer, in spending time with him, we learn to be able to identify the voice of our good shepherd so that then I can then, with full respect, listen to other voices and other pastors and friends sitting next to you and be able to say, oh, that's Jesus in them. That's why I'm drawn to you. It's not because of who you are or how you say a thing, but because Jesus is in you. So I can learn from you because I'm learning more about Jesus. And that is the gift of community. That is why this body, this collection of people matter. They they are not disconnected, but rather they are together. The other thing that I really want to point out and make sure is true that we understand is that while we might have a hard time learning or identifying the voice of our shepherd, our shepherd knows your voice. Always. He knows your prayers and he never forgets the sound of your voice. He does not have to re-engage with you to go, oh, that's what her voice sounds like when she prays. That's what he's asking. That's right, I forgot. Never. It doesn't matter if you haven't prayed in 15 years. He knows you and he knows your voice and he will never forget your voice. And he is always calling you and ready and willing and desiring for you to respond. That is one of the many differences between me and Jesus, is that I can can have enough space or distance away from Jesus to start to go, "I I think that's him, and he never does it back to me. He goes, no, that is, that's my daughter, Kara. She's talking to me. I know her voice, and I love the sound of her voice, whether she's angry, crying, asking questions, overjoyed. I love the sound of her voice, and I love when she talks to me. The hardest, one of the hardest parts for us is remembering and acknowledging that to learn the voice of the Good Shepherd just takes time, space, intentionality. We would love for it to just appear, like to just be in us. But it takes time and practice that we would tune in, that it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm standing right by the gate where he is and he's calling, or if I'm way in the hills, that as soon as I hear my shepherd, I come running. Oh, he's calling me. That is my heart's desire, that there is no proximity in that field that I could be, that as soon as I hear him calling, I come running. And if it's somebody that sounds like him and they're giving me a treat that sounds really enticing, I hope that I could even get as close as I needed to and still choose to run away because that is not my shepherd giving me truth. It's a treat. Jesus doesn't give treats. He gives truths. I don't want a treat from somebody. I want the truth. Like, no, that's not what I want. (laughs) And I'm a dessert person. I really like treats. So if you got dessert and that's your love language, Angie, I will receive it. (laughs) But that's not what I'm after. That's not the person I want leading me to still waters because I don't know what waters they're leading me to. That's not the person I want when I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death. It is Jesus and Jesus alone because he is my good shepherd and he's the only one building tables in front of me before my enemies. And so this morning, I want to encourage you 
I want to encourage you with two things. One, it's okay that it takes time to learn his voice. That is not a shame thing. That is not an indictment on you and your inability to hear him. And the other thing I really want you to know is that he always knows the sound of your voice. Always. And that he, we would be a people willing to sit and to learn the sound of the tone of voice from our good shepherd that we may trust and know that he is always wanting, desiring, willing to hear our voice talking with him. Always. A friend of mine, friend is a strong word. How would you, not Allie, I don't know. That's my parents. I'm like, how would you? For for lack of a better word, friend. This was a tier, she's not a tier one friend because we haven't talked in a little while, but somebody close to us. Um, (laughs) that explanation was highly unnecessary, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, and, um, their son was born really sick and, um, they, at four months old, they lost him two days ago. And, um, of course my heart breaks for her and her husband. And I was just thinking that I hope she knows that no matter what she's feeling and how angry she is, that Jesus knows her voice and she is free to speak and to trust that she can say whatever she needs to say to him. And he is not going to run from her and he is not going to correct her, but that he is going to stay with her and allow her to beat on his chest and to run away and to come back and to ask every question that she's entitled to ask and every fear, whatever she's feeling inside. And he is going to remain there because he is not just a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And in darkness and literally through death, he says, I am with you and I will stay with you and I will even go before you because that's the shepherd that he is. That's what a good shepherd does. He leads them. And so wherever you are in this room that you would know that whether you're needing to beat on the chest of your good shepherd or you're needing to hear and see in a different way that he is with you and for you and that he knows the sound of your voice still, no matter how long it's been since you've talked, I pray this morning that that would settle in in a new way that you would be brave enough, that you would risk the discomfort of the possible silence that may come when you sit down and it's awkward and uncomfortable because you aren't sure what the sound of his voice sounds like yet, that you would risk that because it is so, so good and so sweet to hear from our shepherd. And he wants to talk to you and he wants to lead you and walk with you. He is worth that. And there is nobody else, no matter what they promise, that can uphold the same truth. There is no voice, there is no other human that has ever lived or will ever live that can fulfill that promise. 
My prayer would be that we as a church body have our ears inclined to the voice of God far and above any other man's voice. That we would be the sheep that come running at any moment of the day in a business meeting with a friend in church, out of church, wherever you are. I think I hear his voice. I think that's him. Lean into that. Because he desires to spend time with us. He desires to cultivate that with with us. You can go ahead and come up, Becca. So if you will stand with me, we're going to sing the doxology in just a second, but I want to pray over us. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you are the one and only good shepherd. I thank you that your voice is something that we can learn. It's something that our heart and our spirit can respond to. I thank you that you are a shepherd that cares for us. I thank you that you are a shepherd that literally gave your life for us. I thank you that you are a shepherd that walks with us. So I just lift up your children in this room and you know who they are so much better than I do. pray this morning that we would be a people desiring to have the the volume of your voice turned up in our spirits. I pray that we would be a people that can identify your voice apart from any other voice. we would run that we would run like those sheep did they ignored every other voice and the moment their shepherd started talking they looked up and then they came running that we would know you not just as shepherd but as the good shepherd because you have good things for us you are faithful and true you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart to receive. May we steadfastly commit to learning your voice and may we never stop.
witnessing the doxology. So praise God from whom all blessings you and I'm going to give you a prayer challenge this week because all I hear in my head and thank you for the message are the people who I've already decided they're not going to hear God there's so many people in my life that for whatever reason some reasons make sense it's just not going to speak I just ask that you place the cynic for one week place the cynic over here just maybe give space to say, maybe he will speak to me. And also next week I'm preaching on cynicism, which should be interesting. Should be interesting. So, Jesus, thank you for this gift. Thank you for Kara. Thank you for the moms. Thank you for worship. You're such a good shepherd. We love you. Amen. Bless you. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.